Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Hello and welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week I just wanted to touch on seller financing. It's something that if you're buying in the States uh, and you're not doing turnkey, if you're actually going and uh, talking to the people who are buying, sorry, you're talking to the people who are selling the properties, you really should be asking for seller financing. There's a lot of advantages to using seller financing, especially if you're a Canadian. As a Canadian, when I was buying properties in Canada, I didn't really ask for seller financing because it wasn't really that common of a thing. I, I did talk to my like lawyer. Yeah, I talked to my lawyer whenever I was there. Sorry, I was going to say attorney because I'm used to American stuff. But when I was, talked to my lawyer, and he, he did say that there are people who are doing seller financing here in Ontario. It just seemed a lot rarer of a thing because the purchase prices of the properties tended to be so much larger that you know it it was just not as commonly done because not as many people have the properties paid off um, I could be way off basis it could be doing done everywhere but I just personally didn't do it when I was uh, doing my Canadian investing so the reason that you should be asking for it in the states is just because there is more of it and the reason there is is because the the purchase price is so much cheaper so if you're buying a property that's like fifty thousand dollars the likelihood is the people who owned it before you may have bought it for like i don't know thirty five thousand dollars ten years ago or fifteen or thirty years ago who knows right and uh it's a lot easier to pay off like a thirty thousand dollar mortgage than uh, i don't know a four or five hundred thousand dollar mortgage in you know, California or Ontario, right? Um, so it, it's out there and it's available. So some of the reasons that you would want to do it was obviously that it's easier to qualify. Like as a Canadian, you're not having to jump through the hoops of the American banks to try and find someone who will actually lend to you. You're talking to American banks, you are going to find that there are a lot of them that are going to just say no. They don't have a foreign national program. They don't have a program for people who don't have a social security number and there isn't anything available. And then even if you do find ones that are available, the rates might not be what you're hoping for. So they might be more expensive and it varies a lot from bank to bank. It takes a lot of work, but the easiest way is if you have a, a the person who's selling the property able to just give you seller financing then you're able to put down the get the get the, the rate you want well you can at least negotiate it right then and see if it is something that works another advantage to doing seller financing even if you're an American is the cost of the financing whenever you're setting up some of these loans uh, you know in, in Canada a lot of times they just build all the fees into the mortgage but sometimes well, often in the US you're gonna have to pay for it or you'll, you'll, at least you'll see all the, the fees on your statement when you're trying to close the property. Um, so some of the like, common things you'll see is points, which uh, isn't a common term in Canada, but is very common in the United States. And points is like the setup fee in order to set up a, a mortgage. So a lot of times if you're using uh, the financers, they'll be like, oh, it, it's, you know, we're going to give you the mortgage at, you know, 5 to 7% or 8%, or 5 to 8%. And... Uh, there's going to be like three points or two points uh, charged. And what that is, is like that's 2% of the entire loan is going to be a fee that's going to go to them. Um, there's also origination fees, underwriting fees. Um, if you are doing um, seller financing, you may not need to do an appraisal. Um, 
you may not need to do environmental inspections, although these both of those things are probably a good idea to do, but it's one thing that you're not necessarily have to do. And if you're buying like really expensive large multifamilies with a lot of units, some of those costs can be very expensive. Another advantage to doing seller financing could be the uh, faster closing because you're not waiting for the loan to get approved and sent through the channels and it's just they have the money they're going to let you borrow it and you're going to pay them a uh, down payment and a certain rate terms amortization and uh you may be able to close really really fast because you could close in a couple days a week whatever you're comfortable with however fast you can get the money there so that's a huge advantage sometimes you're not waiting the two months to get them to get all the financing in order terms it's now negotiable. It's not like when you're talking to a bank where they're like, this is what the rate is. This is what the um, amortization is. This is what the, well, the banks you don't usually do balloons, but you can work all this into your negotiation. And in case, and often you can make deals that aren't first, aren't going to cash flow the way you like. You can negotiate the terms to make them make something that you want. Um, I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. So say, um, a seller is hard on the price. Like, I really need, uh, like, I need a hundred thousand dollars for this property. But you've done your uh, due diligence, and you're like, no, this place is it's a ninety thousand dollar place. But they're open to seller financing, so maybe you could have a lower interest rate than you get at the bank, and it actually works out to be a better deal than if you would have got it for ninety thousand or eighty thousand even because of what your payments are, and you'll actually cash flow better. Um, sometimes it's you know extending things, so you're like, we're gonna do uh, a 40 or a 50 year amortization, but a balloon payment at 10 years. So it's really a 10 year note, but I'm going to be paying it across a long period of time. Or I could do interest only. We could just forget the amortization altogether and we'll do interest only. Um, and at the end of a certain term, I will just pay off the loan. Um, and these are all great options. Like it's, it's whatever will work for you and will work for them. Then you can work this, put it all together for, uh, to make everybody happy. Okay, so when doesn't sell fi seller financing work? So if you're doing your initial talks with the, the seller of the property and they're telling you, oh, I'm planning to 1031 exchange this property into another property, or I'm planning to have this, all this money earmarked to go into another property I have under contract, you're wasting your time trying to convince them that they should do seller financing. Because it's not going to have the, the, they have, it doesn't matter, you're falling on deaf ears. It doesn't, they don't have any way to actually pull this off. So there's, there's no point in actually even discussing the seller financing. Now let's try and think of this from their perspective. Why would a seller want to do seller financing? Well, I guess it depends on what they're doing. Uh, the one big advantage for them is that they can save on their taxes. So you go, what? Well, what happens is whenever they sell that property, if they're not 1031 exchanging into another property, they're just going to pay capital gains on what they sell that property for. So that could be a large amount of money. If it works in their situation that they could be willing to just take a chunk of money off the start, 20000 or 20% down on the property, and or 10, like all this is negotiable. If they took a, a chunk of it off the start, they could pay their tax on that, and then they could pay tax gradually as they got the money in. And that actually may work better than getting uh, the, the capital gains because it, you're still you're getting it gradually. So it might bring you down into a lower tax bracket or you're just not paying 
a ridiculous sum to the government, one big chunk. You're not going to have to hand them, you know, 40% of your closing uh, or profit from the deal. You can just get it gradually and pay gradually. The thing to ask the seller is to ask them what they're planning on doing with the money when they close the property. Uh, if they don't have, like I mentioned before, like this money earmarked for something and they're just planning on throwing it into a savings account or something with the bank, you can... The advantage to them is that they could earn a lot more money. Like they could be earning a higher interest rate. You could say, hey, I will offer you 6% or 8% or whatever works for the scenario for the to do the seller financing. And it could work in their favor much better to be the bank than to just get handed some money and give it to the bank and earn their 2% with the bank or something. And, and rather, they could earn like a 6% return on it, and uh, they could still cash flow. Because a lot of these people, you got to remember, they are just like you, only further on in their uh, investing journey. And they're, they, they're used to having a cash flow from that property, right? So they maybe that would work really well in their favor to continue to cash flow from that property just in as they're slowly selling it off. Or even if it's interest only, they're not even fully selling the property off slowly. It'll be ballooned. But anyway. Now, if you're approaching somebody about doing this seller financing and maybe they don't even have the property for sale, the one thing way you could pitch to them is, you know, if they've owned this property for a while, so say they bought this property, I don't know, it actually, the numbers don't matter. So they bought this property and they've amortized it, uh, depreciated the asset for, oh, 27 and a half years or uh, more, there's zero depreciation left at that point. So you it may make sense for them because they're not going to they're going to start paying more tax every year on the property so it might make sense to sell it and this would continue to keep their cash flow like i just mentioned and like i mentioned a little while before i kind of jumped over this but if you were doing uh interest only uh seller financing one of the ways you may be able to pitch this to the seller is like would you be interested in a structured deal where i'm paying you a much higher interest rate while you keep your principal um, that way it would be a win-win situation for both of us. Uh, you'll take your principal over time, so it'll pay less taxes uh, on the amounts that you receive. And then, boom, that's, that's all you have to say. And the one concern that they might have is, well, what happens if you're, you run my property down and the property gets into disrepair? Um, you could put a clause in the contract that, uh, say, if it's a multifamily, you could say if uh, whatever the current vacancy rate is on this property, if it fell 15% from where it is, it automatically triggers a due on sale clause so that you have to pay them out. So it's in, you have aligned then interest. So you need to keep that place filled, which you would want to anyway to cash flow. But um, it also would, they would know that if it was starting to fall into disrepair, they'd have, you'd have to pay them out right then. And they don't have to be the bank for that property if it's not going to be run properly. Um, Another thing you could do if they're worried about, oh, well, I have this good deal with you, but what happens if your family inherits this? You could say, hey, whenever, if there's something happened to me, uh, you get paid out. And the way to do that is just to get an insurance policy uh, for the property uh, price of the property and make uh, them the beneficiary of the insurance policy. And so say you had a 10-year insurance policy or 10, a 10-year seller finance deal, you could go get a 10-year insurance policy, so a nice cheap term policy, and pay it out for whatever the property is worth. And yeah, like it, it's not that expensive of an option, and it gives them the, the ease of mind. 
Um, one thing, other thing to think about though, if you go pitching seller financing right from the get-go, it may de-strengthen your offer because it may they may look at it and think that you can't qualify for other financing. So it's something to keep in the back of your, your mind because you want, especially if you're trying to get them to do seller financing, what you want them to have uh, believe in the strength that you can actually run this property and if you if they think that you can't qualify for seller financing they might be thinking that oh hey this guy has a really bad FICO score which would mean he has bad credit which could mean that maybe he isn't the best with money so maybe I shouldn't be the bank for a guy that isn't the best with money so it's just something to keep in mind um, I don't know do your best with all this it's really all a negotiation and um, Remember, if you can't get the price, get the terms. And if you're doing seller financing, you have this is all negotiable, everything. So you can make the deal into whatever kind of deal you want it to be. Um, thanks for uh, listening, everyone. I'm going to close this one off. I am still editing my Huntsville trip, so I will have that out at some point. But it's uh, a nightmare of photos and videos to put together and... My editing is okay, but it's not as strong as it could be. <laughs> and, uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks. Bye.